the Discuss Metal Podcast with DJ Sacrifice and Lance Garvin of Living Sacrifice. Hosted by Dan Terry and Stephen Sorrow of Unteachers. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Discuss Metal Podcast. My name is Dan. I'm your host for this evening. And uh, with me tonight is Steven Sorrow. You guys know him. He's been on tons of episodes of Discography Discussion. He's here to co-host this uh, chat tonight with me. And uh, we also have one DJ Sacrifice and one Lance Garvin. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. How are you, man? Doing good. Doing pretty well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. This is a ton of fun. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the first things that I think is interesting that we have to bring up is kind of how me and DJ kind of um, we haven't met in person, but we how we ended up talking um, <laughs> was uh, way. So on my other podcast, Discography Discussion, we, um, you know, we we discuss bands. We'll pick a band's album. We'll pick a band. We'll listen to all their records in like two weeks, three weeks, unless unless we already know what their records are. And then we'll. Uh, we'll have like an hour and a half, two hour discussion on all of their records one by one. And I remember when we were doing the, our living sacrifice episode, we, um, we had some pretty hot takes on some of the older, uh, like the pre reborn, uh, living sacrifice material. Um, and I'll just be like straight honest. We were like super, we, we were like super critical of DJ's vocals on the non-existent record. And, um, didn't really think anything of it because at that time I was like, nobody listens to this podcast. It's not a big deal. So then like two days later, um, one of my co-hosts sends me a text. He's like, hey, do you want to answer that message that we got from DJ uh, that's sitting in our <laughs> inbox? And I hadn't even read the message yet. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, um, yeah. So I like slowly got my phone out and was like looking at it. I was like, oh, my God, I hope he's not mad. Like, <laughs> but uh, no, he was not mad. As a matter of fact, he was very, uh very very personable and very like dude your opinion's your opinion you know like whatever uh like the show and he's uh we we've kind of been in contact ever since it's just the it's it's the my strangest way of of, of meeting somebody uh that i've that i've encountered doing this show so far has steve Rowe ever called you yet no steve Rowe hasn't called me yet no. <laughs> waiting for that phone call yeah i'm just joking but we're gonna we're gonna get into all that uh all that tonight but um and steve i do know him you do oh you know steve Rowe? Yeah, I'm Lance a- does too. Give, yeah. him, give, give him my number i do <laughs> no <laughs> i do we, we, yeah we, we, let's get him on tonight <laughs> well i think he's in australia right so like that would be uh it'd be like what the middle of the day for him yeah <laughs> right now <laughs> But you know what I want to kind of get into as far as the earlier stuff, and I don't care. I don't care who answers first. Um, but uh, what got you? What got you guys into like? What got what got you guys into like heavy music before you played? Um, what got you guys into into music as fans first? Oh, man, for me it was uh, it was Kiss. It was just the the shock and the the fire and the. I don't know, just the, it, it was so much fun to watch and such a, I don't know, adrenaline rush to, to see those guys up there just 
going crazy and breaking things, breaking guitars. And, and I, I was probably, it was, it was before kindergarten because I had a lunchbox and I would take it to my, to my grandmother's house. And, uh, she hated that lunchbox because she, <laughs> she would tell me how, you know, how demonic and from Satan they are. And I was just like, wow, that parrot just looks cool, you know? Like, yeah. But, um, uh, I don't, it, it was, yeah, it was just, uh, I mean, it was that and, uh, and black Sabbath. Like oh, wow. I, I would just, I would hear, I would hear, uh, stuff like that, you know, like, um, from relatives and, and not, not really any friends because yeah, none of my friends like that stuff until I met DJ. <laughs> so, go ahead, DJ. Yeah. Um, that was it's same introduction. It was an older cousin that, um, his dad owned a, uh, a music store and he got like all the Ted Nugent and kiss albums pre-advanced and, we were able to listen to him and, and go to concerts. He, that's how it got started with me. And he was the guy that, uh, had a band, you know, at like what Lance, like when he was like 15 years old, he had a drum set down there in the, in the basement and we'd go watch him play with his band. And it was just awesome to, that's how it got, you know, I was like, you know, we could do this too you know, kind of a deal. Yeah. Was it like first, first grade, second grade or something that we met DJ? Yeah. 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 And we just, uh, I yes. mean, we just stuck, stuck to one another because of, of our, our interest in, in, you know, extreme like rock and roll at that time. You know, we, we thought it was pretty extreme. I guess it was yeah. <laughs> for then. For then. So yeah, we definitely stuck together, you know, we found a few others along the way. What was your first concert for like metal music? Uh, metal. God. I mean, mine I was uh, like Black Sabbath. <clears throat> really? Seriously? Wow. That, it was a Born Again tour. That yeah, I Born Again tour. That's crazy. I saw them on the That's Farewell right. tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was singing for Black Sabbath then? Um. Oh my gosh. What, uh, what's his name? Terry Martin uh, was it? Or? No, he he didn't sing for him very long. Uh, gosh. Or Tony. Oh my Martin. gosh. Dio and. Ian Gillen? Yes. Okay. Is it Ian? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, Ian. Um, They had more than three vocalists? Gillum? Gillum or something? Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to look it up. (laughs) Ian Gillen? Uh, But yeah, that's that's super cool to get to see something like that. Now, did they play old stuff or did they only just play... um, I'm asking you to remember a concert that's from like a million years ago. No, no. It was actually... It was kind of significant because the Friday night beforehand, I saw uh, Hank Williams Jr. in the same venue. <laughs> and the next night I went with my cousin and saw Black Sabbath. The first one I went with my dad and then I went with my cousin to see Black Sabbath. You know, so that weekend I was like, oh yeah, I, I definitely want to be around music and, and concerts and this is awesome. So. Yeah, and I was so mad that I missed that. I we, we were out of town, but DJ got me a shirt. It was like the, the coolest, evilest yep. shirt I could wear <laughs> at, at school. It had a you know a baby like Satan, like devil thing on it. it said, born, <laughs> yeah. born again. Man, I wore that probably like three or four days a week to school. Like I would just hide it and I'd put it on. You know, after I I'd, I'd take my clean shirt off and I'd put that one back on. You know, before I went to school. 
Did you have to hide yeah, it? I, I had to that. hide my shirts when I was a kid. Like my mom would just throw them out when she was washing them. If she saw something oh, yeah. like that, she'd just throw in the garbage and then I would just never see no. it again. Dude, that's a, my mom just didn't want me wearing it because it was dirty and it smelled. Right. Like she, <laughs> dude, dude, she did not care. Like she did not care. Our parents, like they were just like, yeah, it whatever. Like, it was like inchworming yeah. across the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, our parents didn't care like what music we were listening to, or we didn't grow up in the church, so it was like it was a free for all. I mean, uh, I see. Like, we, you know, we were uh, we were Christian kids growing up, so we, I was like at Petra shows when when you were doing that. But I bet they were good though. No, they were. I I, lo- I I have a real appreciation for my my upbringing music. In fact, my my experience, my uh, Kiss experience was Striper. Um, okay. Uh, I saw the uh, striper in, in 85. I didn't go to the concert. I saw him on TV in 85, but it was when they were on, I think they were on like a double wars or some kind of award show and like soldiers under command was just coming out. And my mom wow. called me down to the, from my playing with toys and said, look at this band. And all, they had all the stripes going everywhere. And I mean, probably pales in comparison to, um, you know, Gene Simmons, bloody tongue or something, but when you're, uh, you know, 1985, I'm only, I'll be 43. So whatever, however old I was probably like, gosh, I was under, definitely under teenage. So that was kind of mind blowing yeah. at the time for me, but. Striper was awesome. Like, because yeah, we, we weren't Christians, but I remember when that came out, um, I think DJ were like, dude, check this band out. And they throw soldiers and they can actually play their stuff, you know? And so, man, yeah. we, we, we'd go to, they, they came through uh, Little Rock, and we went to see them. And I'm not, no, they we were blown away. We didn't yeah. care. We did not care whether you were what you were talking about, just as long as you like put on a great show. And so that that's what got me into rock and roll. Anyway, it's just yeah. So, you know, I, I think I saw a special of Kiss on TV. I think it was like on around Thanksgiving or something. I, I saw. Ace freely, and you know he's doing his guitar solo, and it's like on fire. Like his pickups are on fire. Yeah. So he sets it down. I was just like, I want to be that dude. Like I, I became a drummer, but yeah, I definitely <laughs> want to be Ace freely. That's uh-huh. their their marketing has been. Genius. Oh, you can play <laughs> But yeah, yeah, dude. Like with Striper was, they were awesome, dude. Like yeah. Oz Fox and Michael Sweet, like like the notes that they hit. I mean, with their voice and with their guitar, it was just, it was amazing. All of them were yeah. awesome. I started out as a drummer, um, and that was the thing because of the kit. It was just so massive, and it was kind of surrounding him. I, that was, for me, it was like, I had never seen anything like that. All day. It looks like a yeah. cage, you know? So, yeah, that was, yeah. I, can, I can relate to the Kiss stuff in, in that way, like just seeing some visually crazy thing with this loud music that I, yeah. I mean, again, I, I think Amy Grant, Petra, Whiteheart, those were the, you know, Mylon Lefevre, stuff like that was what I, what I had at the time. So the, the, that was probably my first extreme, you know, if you want to call it extreme. Yeah, no, yeah, that's a good one, man. Yeah. yeah you, you had a good one. You had a good introduction to like, because <laughs> they, they were way. awesome. <laughs> I found my way to Sepulcher and all the others. <laughs> yeah, you do. Came out a different way. So at what point, um, at what point did you guys feel like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm really, really into this stuff. I want to do it. Like, I want to do it myself. Like I want to do it for real, you know? Um, you know, what's, what's the turning point there for, you know, it, a lot of people can trace it back to a singular moment. I know not everybody can, 
but there's usually there's usually a moment where everybody will say like this is whenever i was like yep nope i'm committed to it now and i'm gonna and, and i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do my best to make it happen well as far as uh living sacrifice goes when we saw uh my cousin's man shrink scream they were like a thrash band, like kind of a local Slayer type band. And once we saw them play live and and like saw the energy and like we were like, that's it. That's what we've got to do. And I knew I had the, the drummer already lined up, Lance, ready to go. So uh, it was no problem just getting Living Sacrifice off the ground. But um for me, it was, uh, I've always wanted to do, I mean, since I had that Kiss lunchbox going to my grandmother's house, like I, I always wanted to play on stage. I, it wasn't like, I, I didn't think it was, uh, I didn't think we'd make any money at it and we really didn't, but that, that wasn't the point. <laughs> that, was, that was just, we just wanted to play metal and rock and roll and, you know, whatever we had to do. And, and there, there was an, yeah, like I said, there, there was never, uh, there was never a thought that I was going to make a living at it. And, you know, we eventually kind of did that for a little while, but it, uh, that, that was a plus. Sure. I, I don't know, but, but yeah, when, when, uh, I mean, DJ and I, I guess from, from that point on, like for second grade, we're like, Hey, we're going to start a band whenever we can get like instruments. I mean, we didn't know how to play anything. Sure. We didn't know how to play any instruments, but we're like, well, yeah, we're going to start a band. And, uh, you know, it wasn't just, you know, and our, our parents kind of, yeah, that's cute, you know, and, but we just, that we were serious. We wanted to do it. And I, I don't know. It, it just, it just kind of worked out, I guess. So whenever you guys first got together, you know, had basically the bones of, of living sacrifice kind of, kind of assembled, um was it was it always your intention to start a band um you know dj's telling me he's not he wasn't raised in a in a religious household uh was it always kind of the intent of the band to be like a metal band with christian lyrics or was that just something that came later or yeah yeah definitely i mean it came later for sure because we we just wanted to start a band and then we I guess we, we met Bruce in what, seventh grade, maybe. And yeah. yeah. And, and he, he like, I don't know, he got a guitar or something. We're like, yeah, we could, we could jam sometime. There was, there was like a lot of guys that, that we did like go in the garage with and, you know, on, on every other weekend, like we had different guys, different friends playing, but um, Bruce and, and DJ, uh, you guys, you guys actually started going to church. Someone, someone started talking to them about, about God. And, and, uh, I'm not sure how I got, I don't know where I was at that. Point. <laughs> I was, was kind of somewhere else, but, uh, but I came around and, uh, I guess it was, was around ninth grade, 10th grade that we definitely decided that, that we wanted to do something positive, uh, with music with metal yeah dj i hounded lance to come to church with me so we could uh yeah you go to youth group so you know you guys you guys started the band and obviously you know the concept of the concept of a, of a metal band with christian lyrics was not a um was not a new concept by any means you know we've talked about striper and petra and you know all that stuff but what I think was really interesting about Living Sacrifice was that you guys definitely 
we're in the extreme, <laughs> the extreme metal category. Cause I remember, I remember all the Christian hair bands, you know, and, and, and all of that stuff. Um, and then you started getting some cool stuff like vengeance and like mortification and stuff and deliverance. Um, but you guys, you guys were the band that for lack of a better way to describe it, were the only Christian band that I'd ever heard that sounded like Slayer was like playing at that, playing at that pace and playing at that, you know, um, that level of extremity and even, even like anger almost. And that's, that's one of the, that was one of my favorite things about that first living sacrifice album is that it sounds angry. Um, were you guys, were you guys angry when you were recording that record? (laughs) A little bit here and there. And we, (laughs) when we, when we did go see, like silence of the lambs and then wrote some of that stuff after we were, so. i mean what were you guys like 12 no, yeah <laughs> i'm sorry i said you guys were like what 12 when you guys recorded that yeah yeah no i um we uh, we were 18 17 18 well, i think jason I mean, was like 17 the, the average age of the band was 17 years old so yeah, I mean the the cliche is like, oh, you guys sounded like Slayer on your debut album, but you know yeah, what are, what other seventeen year olds were you know making and got signed to a record label and putting out a record and going on tour back then? You know there weren't you know Believer wasn't going on tour. I I mean REX was like very happy of the fact that we were a band that would actually go on tour. And we finance that ourselves, by the way. Yeah, that's I've, I've always I've always felt, and I think it's because I got into your album before Slayer, because again, I was buying Christian cassettes and all that. Um same actually. Ven- yeah. Ven- Vengeance was my <laughs> gateway to extreme music. Um, human sacrifice scared the living yeah. crap out of me when I first heard it. I actually had a mixtape. <laughs> I think I've told this story on your show before, but I'll just say had a mixtape. That was given to me by a kid at youth group. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, the first song I heard was Beheaded. <laughs> so you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> but, but, but hearing, hearing your debut at that age, <laughs> I know it was ridiculous. But at the end, when he does the scream, I was just like, <laughs> like, take this back. I don't want to hear this. I actually was afraid of it for like a, like a while. And I kind of got curious again, almost like horror movies. You get curious, like, oh, I want to see some more of that. So I was like, yeah. I started really getting into it, but um, when I got your your album, at that point I was just buying anything that looked anything like metal. Like didn't it was like anything Rex was going to put out, you know, Believer and all that stuff. Um, I did not even hear Slayer until after your album. I, I'd heard your album, so coming in from that side of it, mm-hmm. I have always felt, and I'm not saying this to kiss your butts or anything. I have always felt it was heavier and faster and just more aggressive. Like I grind my teeth more to that album than any Slayer album. Now I love rain and blood. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love <laughs> several of their albums, but I, I have never felt like, Oh, I see. This is the more extreme version of living sacrifice. Like it never felt like that for me. I always thought your first album blew it away. Honestly, I know I'm sacrilegious to Slayer fans and I'm sorry, but I mean, and I, to me, but that's just coming in for as a christian kid and hearing that it just i don't know it just i i, I heard the, the more extreme stuff i think and then i went back and I learned to appreciate that stuff but i hear the comparisons to the slayer stuff for sure but i yeah. i mean and like you said 
to have a, a chance to be a Christian kid and have lyrics that were for you, you know, and still have it be that ridiculously heavy. I mean, yeah, I wasn't complaining at all. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it is right a stereotype on. for sure saying it sounds like Slayer. And I always, um, something I like to say on the podcast a lot is that there is a cosmetic similarity to Slayer, but it's not like you guys were playing Slayer songs and changing the lyrics, you know, like putting them in reverse, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah we, I mean, <laughs> we we were pretty we young, like, with a couple of riffs. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we definitely ripped off some some for sure. But uh, yeah, man, dude, we were like sixteen, like fifteen, sixteen, writing some of that, and we listened to so much Slayer, Anthrax, like Megadeth, like it, that's just kind of what came out. And you know, like I said, we were young, so we, we were trying to find our way in our own sound and. Yeah, we definitely like ripped off a lot of a lot of bands, but not intentionally. Like after it's done, we're like, wow. That yeah. Well, I wasn't around <laughs> but, back then. What was the reception like for you guys as far as like because you did go on tour, you got out in front of the people, whereas I think like DJ was saying, there were a lot of bands in that scene that just didn't tour. They'd play shows or they like they'd go play Cornerstone and stuff, but you guys actually went out like in front of people and played the stuff. Like what was the reception like? Um, as far as uh, as far as those first tours go, yeah, DJ. Uh, the first tour was mainly uh, um, just kind of like uh, church situations, and uh, the second tour with non-existent was more of a uh, club tour. We played a lot of clubs. We actually <laughs> played the Stone in San Francisco, and we were able to get to um, a wider audience. And that made a difference. And that kind of like broke us into a, a kind of a, a scene, especially with Metal Maniacs uh, printing, like us going on the road and, and our albums and stuff. We're getting like, you know, mainstream publications. So people knew our name. So by the Inhabit, we were actually able to go out on tour with uh, Malevolent and that, Made all the difference. It kind of like uh, broke us as far as uh, getting into uh, where we wanted to be, you know. And non-existent gets a bad rap because we got right off the road of uh, our debut album and we were right into the studio. We only had like, what, six songs, Lance? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not even that. I don't remember. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and we went right into the studio and we had to record them. And we wanted to go in another direction, which, you know, we did. But we didn't have time to flesh the songs out, you know, the way that they needed to be. And it wasn't until after we got off the road that they actually, you know, I, I, I love that album. And I love those songs, you know, especially the way we played them live, you know. Yeah, my buddy uh, Terry Cox, he's like the only guy who has like the footage on YouTube, like any good footage of you guys live. There's like Terry Cox's channel. So like this guy <laughs> captured uh non-existent era at Cornerstone. And yeah, it's like it's like a night and day, like from one album to the next. It's like a cra- it's almost sounds like a totally different band. I mean, like the style of music was so much more progressive. And um, I literally like the drums are in my psyche that to this day, I will walk around and like death metal tap on my chest. Like, 
like to, to like so many songs from those those albums. It's just like I don't even think about it; it just comes out because I'm just so so impulsive and like the blast beats were just nuts back then. I never heard anything like it. You know. Thanks, man. Thanks, I, I man. I really wish we would have known about like click tracks or or something because like I man, I look back and it is so hard for me to listen to like that album because you know my my drumming it thank you for a compliment man i appreciate it but i feel like it's all over the place like oh, man, it just I, loses yeah. me I, I feel so many mistakes i'm just like oh my gosh you, you know you've played stuff you're like oh my gosh and then, but yeah. maybe it's not as bad as you think it is i, I do well, i don't know I, I really miss i miss in metal production i, I miss the uh the um, I don't know what you call it, like ebb and flow of, of like a human performance. Um, sure. I, I don't think there's anything like there's nof- nothing to me. that's noticeably like, Oh wait, that's not like perfect to a click track. It just sounds like a dude going ballistic with no tricks. Like, whereas now I feel like I really have a hard time listening to modern death metal because the production's so completely immaculately perfect. Sure. And it, and it sort of lost some of the, um, that sort of human sway that I like. And I don't mean like offbeat, but just, just, it just sounds like some mics are on your drums. You know what I mean? I, sure. I, I have always loved that more despite its imperfections or, you know, yeah, so, no, yeah. I, I do. I do agree with you that I just, I think some of it just really bothers me because it, it, man, there's some places it speeds up and slows down like way too much. So it just gets on my nerves. I'm just like, Oh my gosh. But we, <laughs> But we were, we were rushed. I mean, like crazy yeah. to do that. I mean, it was just like, I get in there and do it with my cat. <laughs> one of them. <laughs> but, um, what do we have? Six yeah, days, six, man. Dude, I don't know. It was, we had like six we days or out, whatever. And they just kept, that's crazy. Yeah, and like sometimes we would do stuff and it was like, Hey man, we don't have time to, to try to do that again. You know, we're, we're like, what really? Like, so we just had to settle, but at the same time, you know, back to when I'm carrying my lunchbox to my grandmother's, I'm like, I mean, this kind of sucks that we're getting, you know, rushed through this and this is going to be like laid down forever. But a lot of people don't get this opportunity. So we just had to suck it up and just have fun. And, uh, I guess, yeah, yeah. From the back to the touring at the beginning, like it was weird because the clubs didn't want us. Most of the churches didn't want us. So we had to find places, we had to find places to play and the churches, most of them did open their doors. Like you'd find one that, that would, they were like, yeah, man, we'll bring them. Cause they, they cared about their youth Yeah, and they they, they wanted kids to come in yeah. that wouldn't normally come in or don't get to go to the clubs and see the Slayer and Metallica and stuff. So it, it did work out in our favor sometimes for for that and uh you know i thank god for those churches and the club man there's a lot of clubs that you know we would play at and there'd be hundreds of kids that would show up and they they didn't care whether we were christians or not or whatever so i know it was we were were accepted pretty good i mean sometimes you know some of these death metal festivals like on that malevolent they say they want to kill us after the show you know not (laughs) in malevolent but you know kids yeah (laughs) Real, real tough guys yeah. that bought a record at the mall and think that they're Satanists. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, they like hold <laughs> upside down crosses like the whole time we're playing. So yeah, that was fun. Well, that that kind yeah. of stuff had happened before with some other. I remember hearing something about tourniquet getting thrown off of a festival because Deicide was playing or something like that. So I mean, that that kind of stuff was happening. Like it was offensive to be Christian metal, yeah. or, or that whole time. Uh, some of those bands were saying like we're white metal instead of black metal. And like, there was that whole just controversy of, but I mean, malevolent creation, you're talking about malevolent creation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they're pretty, they were pretty amazing too. I, I can't remember the album I had from there. had that purple, purple cover had that one world's retribution. Retribution. Yeah. That's, I love that album. And, um, retribution. That's that is that's so our jam, good. Ryan Lance. Oh yeah, when dude, that, you were touring yeah. with them. Oh, oh go ahead. Sorry, no, no, go ahead. I was just, I was just saying that that is that is the rain and blood of death metal. Oh and yeah, retribution it's album. Pretty good, yeah, without a doubt. Well, without that, a doubt. Yeah. that whole era is anyway. That's, sorry. That's, <laughs> well, I was just gonna ask. I mean, with touring with them, I'm just kind of curious, just because of the um, just knowing some of the other members of that band, and like with, I know that uh, Rob was in there from Cannibal Corpse. Um, did did those guys respect you guys if you were on the road with them, or was there some weird thing where you were booked by labels or something? And it was just like we're stuck with this Christian band. Oh, what was that like, dude? They they were like the coolest dudes ever. Oh, good. Like, had had no problem with us. I mean, so the, as long as we could play our instruments, be on a good show, man. They yeah. could care less. They, I feel like yeah, we had a good we had a good time with those guys. Like, uh, yeah. but the the first show i think i've told this story before probably a hundred times but the first show you know that um you know we went out and played and there's a few people that didn't like us or want us there or whatever but they kind of were trying to figure us out they're like okay why would malevolent have these guys on tour with them like so we we kind of got a little bit of respect just for that so that i mean oh cool and uh and we didn't i didn't get to I don't think any of us met the guys until after they, after they played the first show. Like we actually, you know, we, man, we watched them. We were in the pit the whole time, like at every show, like, you know, and, uh, the first show, um, it was Jason. It was Jason. Um, the bass player was doing vocals. It was on the, um, they had just put out, uh, stillborn. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and Jason was doing uh, vocals, and uh, man, he came out with this like devil mask, like, like <laughs> and and it was just like it just covered like from his eyes up, so it was like his beard. And, I mean, he looked he looked like the devil, and he came out. And we're like, okay, and and he was like, I mean, you guys like to play with knives, you know? Like, that, I think that's how they started out. Everybody's like, yeah, and they were like. Yeah, we're. He, I don't know how he worded it, but he was just like, "How many of you like to kill Christians?" You know, and then everybody's like, "Yeah, you know." Oh, no. Nervously looking around, thinking, like, <laughs> "Yeah, we're thinking like, man, this is going to be a long tour," you know. And then after they played, we just came up and introduced ourselves, and and Jason came up to us. He was like, "Hey, man, how do you like that part?" I said, "You know about." killing christians like you know i'm just joking <laughs> i'm just messing with you guys or whatever and we're like okay yeah good that's yeah good. that was that was really funny. they gotta keep their they gotta keep their rep on stage you know but yeah dude I'm, but he was totally joking and that's awesome. man, we had a great time with those guys and they really liked us once 
uh, we gave away our beer to them every night because we didn't drink it. Right. Ah, <laughs> yeah. We were really, we were good buds and best, like, best friends ever. Yep. Yeah. 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 But yeah, that was a, that was a good introduction to them, but no, dude, they were, they were really good guys, man. I, uh, I wish we could have toured more with them. Um, yeah. And they were just, they were monsters like on stage. It, it was, it was a great tour. So kind of yeah. going back to the non-existent stuff. Um, oh, is DJ gone? Yeah, he'll be back. He's he always comes back. Yeah. Uh, going <laughs> going back to the non-existent stuff. Um, you know, I Wait, let me prep it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Steven's wearing a non-existent shirt. Everybody, Why do you keep doing that. Yeah, sorry. I need to get I need to get one of those shirts. Um, I need to move weight so that fits me better. It's you got to make it. In, right you got to make it in fat guy sizes. Um, <laughs> but um, no, what's interesting about that is. My understanding is just listening to interviews and stuff like that from a fan perspective that had the studio that recorded that or not the studio necessarily, but the engineer that engineered that record. Had he ever like released like a metal? Had he ever like done anything with a metal band before? And I already know what the answer is. Yeah, but (laughs) (laughs) never. Yeah. Let DJ talk about that one. It was pretty bad. Oh, we're talking had, about Mark or the yeah, engineer? I mean, really? Okay. Yeah, it really was. I jumped in here. Really, I'm sorry, guys. But I, I know, know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, he was putting in, in a putting a weird position situation as well. That that whole thing. Yeah, DJ can talk about that a little bit. There were a lot of stuff going on, I think, at REX, and we had no idea, you know, and we were just kind of in the middle of it. But Well, it's... You know, we had just got off the road uh, from uh, doing what, like 30 days, and we had a month and a half, and they were like, hey, you're going to be in Nashville and record your next album, you know, you guys write some songs, you know, be there, and we had, you know, had set up, uh, actually, I've been talking to Scott uh burns about like going down to Morrison and and had that all lined out but they didn't want to hear that but they made sure that we uh got up to Nashville because we couldn't um we couldn't play Cornerstone next year unless we had the album out unless we recorded right then right then in September so I dropped out of school we we went up there and we recorded non-existent and uh the whole um, time, it was just, it was not working out, was it, Lance? No. no this guy was, was not able to get the sounds. Yeah, yeah. And so okay. when, I, when I did my vocals for non-existent, I did them in one night. Lance was there with me. I did it until 3 o'clock in the morning with this guy. I said, you know, no, this I'm not going to stop. I'm, I'm just going to scream this out all night long. And that's going to be it. And I was hoping, hoping beyond hope. It didn't happen, but I was hoping Doug would hear it and say, hey, we need to like redo some things because this guy wasn't able to get the sounds. This guy couldn't even like create an echo on my voice. You know, if I said one word, it couldn't. Like, it was like, delay oh, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> oh, wow. what? You're the engineer, you know? So you were unhappy with so, the production of it, you're saying? I thought it would get back to Doug. But little had I known at the time, Doug was already let go from Ariat. He uh-huh. couldn't, couldn't 
talk to us about it. That's why he wasn't in the studio. And that's what frustrated us to the point that Lance and I started messing with the board ourselves. Right, Lance? <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't think we helped. <laughs> yeah, I think there no, was some yeah, I, mean, that. I was going to ask you about that. I heard that you guys ended up having to finish a lot of it or something. So that's kind of what you're saying. You guys were just taking over. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah, dude, it was. Yeah, it was kind of ridiculous, man. It was, just, you know. Yeah, we were staying at Doug. He didn't know how to do levels. We didn't know how to. I mean, that's why, like, it goes up and down, like the the guitar solos and stuff. I mean, it's just yeah, because there's guitar solos on there that, like, they're good solos, but then like they're so much louder than everything else that's going on. Like, you'd have like a super like be- you'd have this like beautiful like evil sounding melodic you know piece going and then you know you want to throw a solo down on there but instead of mixing it you know instead of mixing it down with you know into the into the actual track it's like it sounds like you're listening to a cd and somebody walks up to you and starts playing guitar solo in your ear in your left ear you know what i mean and (laughs) you're totally taken taken out of it with it and um i think uh i know historically on my podcast we've been really harsh on that record um, but I mean, it makes okay. sense. Like that's like, from what you guys are saying, it makes total sense. Why, why it sounds like that? Because you basically had a guy in there that was just like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like I, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not really sure I get what you guys are doing and I don't really understand like how it's supposed to sound. So, I mean, with all of that in mind, it's, it is pretty impressive that the record sounds as good as it does. I mean, cause there's still stuff on that record that I'm, that I'm still like totally into, but, uh, the vocal thing, the vocal thing makes sense. And, and I'm, I'm sorry that all those years later you have to hear some punk like me on the internet be like, well, I don't know what they were doing with those vocals, you know, because <laughs> that, that makes sense. I've also done vocals for an entire record in like one day and it's not, it's not, it's not beautiful. It's not fun. <laughs> and uh, my throat's hurting just thinking about it. Like it's just, it, it is, it is an experience that you will never forget. And the result that you get yeah. from it is just not um, not something that you want to remember. <laughs> no, dude. Like it's it's funny how that that record. Like, uh, dude, I mean, like like you were talking about. Like it, it sticks with some people, and they and they you know they can get past like sonically, like the drums or the guitar or whatever. They can and they like the songs, and, and then you know we we got ripped up and down a lot you know, on the other side of it, a lot of people like, dude, like how, how did you go from your first record? Everything's clean and clear. And, and then you go to this and it just sounds like a trash can, you know, it's falling down steps. Yeah. I'm just like, dude, I, I don't even have time to tell you the whole story, but now we do. There you go. Well, you know, in, in context though, of what you're all saying about this. So you guys are like a bunch of kids who just got off of a crazy busy scheduled tour, had no barely any songs written, wrote them fast, had that whole debacle with the studio. It's pretty, pretty great album considering all of that. Like, <laughs> like if I had gone through something like yeah. that exactly in your situation, I know my album would not be as good as that album is. <laughs> so I mean that's I mean, looking at it from that angle, it's kind of impressive, actually. Um now, Morris Sound would have been an incredible, and for all the headache, it sounds like it probably, probably should have just sent you down there and paid the bill. But yes, the question I have yeah, is I mean, okay, Scott Burns like listed us as one of his top 10 albums of 
91 really? in Mental Maniacs. I praise. Our debut yeah. album. Yeah. So yeah. he, was, so he would have been into so, it. That's cool. Oh, dude, he was, he, dude, he called my house. I have several messages that he, dude, he would that's go this happen. And, you know, he would have been able to uh, get our sound, you know. Yeah. Has there, has there ever been a, um, no, you're good. Uh, I would well, assume. I fell out of my chair. I got like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that on Instagram. I was going to ask how you were doing with that, but you kept um, saying these. Yeah, he can't drum anymore. He kept giving these cryptic answers about what happened. So I was like, I'm not going to push through uh, this shit. Dude, I'm sorry. Dude, I'm sorry. <laughs> Like, he doesn't want to uh, talk about it. It's cool. No, no. Dude. <laughs> like, uh, Arthur, uh, Baser, he's always. There was a bear involved. Yeah, dude, he's always <laughs> starting stuff. And yeah, yeah. And, uh, I was texting with him. I said, Hey, man, just start another bear story because we, there's, there's another story to that, like, years ago. That, Inside yeah, jokes yeah. on so I was just, you know, I was just, <laughs> dude, I, I was having like there were like uh, family members and friends were texting me like, "Dude, really get chased by a bear?" And I was like, "Yes." Oh my gosh, that's great. That's the only story to tell. <laughs> no, yeah, that's great. But uh, I was like, it sounds a lot better <laughs> than falling backwards and you know, like four feet and breaking your ankle. Yeah, just, and, so, yeah, yeah. Wait, so, no, nowhere is sensational. It was raining, man. So you slipped. <laughs> yeah, it was raining a little bit. And there was a bear like somewhere in the state. <laughs> somewhere there's a bear nearby at any point, right? Yeah. Maybe two. Maybe two bears. <laughs> That's funny. But uh no, no, dude. Uh, no bears. It was just it was a joke. I, dude, I totally interrupted you. I'm sorry. You were you were talking. No, I was I was gonna I ask um, Yeah. I was gonna ask though, kinda in the just given your feelings on that album, um in the, in the world of reissues and um, vinyl pressings and stuff like that. Um, and I know that we're still waiting on the first one to come out, but um, is it, have you ever considered um, getting the reels on that and like trying to remix it or anything like that? You're just doing anything to improve on the, some of the production that you don't like. Is that even possible? Um, yes. I've got the two inch tape in the next room, actually. Ooh. And we can, we can manipulate it and kind of uh, remix it. That's what we're planning on doing. So, Sweet. yeah, that's awesome, dude. I, I we just like got all our math. You know, we get that's the one thing that our attorney that Lance will agree with is um, he took care of us as far as uh, making sure we got our masters back. That and we have great. all our masters from the first three albums. So. That's great to hear. So we can do whatever we want with them. So, yeah. Dude, I, I would love to record some of those songs, if not all of them, just maybe here and there. Just, uh, I don't know how that would sound, but at least I think they would sound better than, <laughs> you know, as far as like the mixing and all that. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I would like to just go in, you know, to all of us and just, just do this record again. Oh, man, that would be not interesting. Redux. It would be fun, but um, I'm not sure if that'll happen, but it, it would, uh, I would like to. It would be funny if you did, and then it comes out, and then you guys are like looking, and then just new podcast where we're sitting down reviewing it. I'm like, the original non-existent was a masterpiece, and they just completely <laughs> yeah, destroyed yeah, yeah, it. Because yeah, that's yeah, what... Please. 
please do that if we put it out just do it just i'll do an april fools on it yeah like because that's how that's how music reviewers are you know it's just like it doesn't matter what you do it's always you know it's never good enough you know um but no i think that'd be that would be super cool yeah it's amazing um, (laughs) but you know some of the stuff some of the stuff that you were saying dj about um you know about him not being able to like do anything with your vocals, add any of the effects that you wanted or any of the, like any of that, it, I guess that would explain why whenever you guys went and did inhabit that there's all kinds of neat stuff kind of hidden in there vocally. Um, because I, I, there, there's a lot of cool like vocal effects or like where like they'll like pitch shift your voice, to, the super deep, you know, into, into that and like overlay it over your regular vocals and stuff. Was that all kind of like what you, we're always kind of wanting to do is just add all of those cool elements in there. Yeah. It's um, kind of moving in that direction. Um, but the big difference was with inhabit, we were with our friends and we, they knew how to actually capture the sound that we wanted, you know, um, inhabit was, uh, a lot more technical than, um, non-existent. When you say Lance, um, dude, I'm sorry, but, I no, um, <laughs> my phone is like, like we actually I'm had trying, time. I'm trying to hook it up. Sorry. No, dude, you're you're good. Um, but Laura, the thing about and, and Lance and Kerr are, are, are not about this, but with our first three albums, it was always just gotta get it done, gotta get it done, gotta make this album, gotta you know get in the studio, got to, you know, go on the road, got to, you know, and we we're self-financed at the time. We did it all ourselves, you know, oh, wow. and the label um, backed us. They, they put an ad every, every now and then in a magazine, basically. That's all we got <laughs> yeah. out of the moment. You know, uh, we, we did every, we made our own charts. We did everything. We, but so when it came to inhabit, it was like a kind of a, a respite where we with like Kurt and Joey, they were our friends. We um, had a little bit of time to write some songs. It wasn't uh, long enough, but uh, you know, yeah. Inhabits, I, mean, I mean, I think inhabits my favorite of those, those first three. Um, I think the songwriting is just like, it just, it goes another step up from, you know, obviously you're gradually getting more and more progressive. And, but I mean, I mean, Travis, Travis, my cousin, you know, he, he was in Alathian and they covered breathing murder. And I mean, I just, yeah. I love that they covered that because I remember Travis and I like on Easter Sunday, like in his house, listening to the cassettes, you know, and getting into hearing that song and just being like, Oh my gosh, like just sounds insane. So yeah, we, I, I, I think inhabits definitely the, like the, the most crazy one. I, I don't know. Is, is that, is that, uh, I remember, um, Bruce said he thought it was boring. And I remember I almost fell out of my chair when he said that, uh, when we were, when it was on as the story, grows, you, you could go back and listen. He said, don't you think those songs are boring? And I was like, what? Like, I, I just, again, I just, I'm out, it's out of my, uh, I'm, I'm a fan, you know, I don't, I'm not that close to it like you guys, but yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't get bored. I was working on that thing. Man. I was, that was, it was hard to play. 
I, can't. I cannot play that stuff now. I'm tired. No I'm tired way. just thinking about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my I got goodness. to see no, Rob during that era. It was really cool. I saw the Cornerstone show, the uh, Cornerstone '94. Yeah, it was like, like fresh off the heels of uh, of. Uh, I was gonna say, is fresh off the heels of uh, was it like Jason like just got off his honeymoon or something like he's rushing over to Probably, play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember hearing some yeah, 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 yeah. Those were the days. That actually, yeah. Um, I. Uh, we, we we recorded that album. Yeah, Jason and I both got married like not far from each other. So yeah, yeah, I was trying. I was sorry, I'm thinking out loud. I'm trying to. We, we drove up there like it was a uh, Pennsylvania. Was it? Uh, yeah, it wasn't too far. Lancaster from or something. Yeah, I'm in Lancaster. Lancaster. So I, I think it was oh, like. You are? Uh, yeah, I'm in Believer Country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, we, we drove up oh. on Christmas Day, Lance. We left Little Rock. Man, that is yes. crazy. Yes. That on Christmas. It was snowing and stuff up there. Oh, we got uh, the blizzard. Yeah, I heard oh, yeah, that yeah. too. I remember that storm actually. That blizzard. I can remember that. I have I have uh, VHS footage of a uh, shoveling that out at, at my house. So that's funny. It's funny to connect those dots. Like when you say that 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 uh, winter, I can actually remember. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, dude. We we uh. Uh, we, we've never seen people go to like pubs and stuff on, on a on a snowmobile. We're like, oh yeah, <laughs> so there's so much snow up here, dude. Yeah, like I'm like not used to that. But, but uh, yeah, dude, I I wish, oh man, yeah. Um, I wish we would have been able to uh, like, walk down and get like a couple of pints and come back to the studio. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I I remember. Uh, um, Kurt and Joey and all of us we went in there to get something to eat at, at a bar because it was the only thing that was open. It was like a bar and grill. And then we almost got in a fight, like a bar fight, because we had long hair. Oh no! Making fun of us. And, and no, I, I had long know. hair. You had short. You oh, were yeah, a skinhead. Yeah. yeah, I was making fun of you. <laughs> it was me that like. Yeah, wait a minute! I started that, that fight. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Who had long hair? Bruce and DJ had long hair because when I met him at Cornerstone, he had it all pulled up in a beanie, and he looked like a skater. Okay. And I remember I couldn't when I was trying to meet you guys at the festival. I couldn't find you because I didn't recognize you because you were walking around. You looked like a skater. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I remember you pulled oh, the beanie wow. off when you went to play live, and it just like fell out. And I was like, Oh my god, there he is! That's the hair I, I saw. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wish Kurt and Joey would have been growing it back out. Non existent record. <laughs> What's that, Lance? I, I would just, I said, I wish that uh, Kurt and Joey could have did the second record, the non existent record. Like, we had yeah. just a good time working with Kurt and uh, on the first record. And then, you know, we did the second record. We just talked about that. And then we went back, we were able to work with Kurt and Joey. Uh, so, yeah, at least we got back around. I think it sounded a lot better for sure. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean that that first studio that we were in for our first album. I mean, Catamount. I mean, that was like. I mean, that's where um, uh, what's his name from uh, Slipknot did his first solo album. Corey Taylor, yeah. In um, Corey Taylor, yeah, he did it at Catamount. Yeah, I mean that studio was awesome, and the engineers there yeah, were. Yeah. 
amazing, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that, that place you know, having having going from that to like being in Nashville, and then you're stuck in this room with a guy that has no idea what he's doing, or even like the concept of heavy metal. We we were playing Sepultura for him, and he was like, "What is the? I don't." Uh, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it, you know, <laughs> and I don't know how to get, you know, these sounds or, you know, and I mean, it was frustrating. What it was. I mean, yeah, yeah. It was. So we would just, after, uh, after the studio day, we would go back and we would play racquetball. We didn't know how to play racquetball. We were just throwing balls at each other, like, <laughs> and, uh, breaking things. And so that was fun. We still had fun. We made it fun. Yeah. It's just not, it's not a good environment to make music in when you know the guy who's sitting there recording you has no interest in what you're doing or having any sort of um uh what's the word investment in any of it you know, ability or ability yeah <laughs> but I mean especially something something so contrasted from an Amy Grant coffee guy or whatever you know to to a death metal album like you know I just I just knowing me I, I would be in the studio like playing and just feeling the entire time like this guy does not care at all and that would that would contribute probably some negative energy i would think to to, to how that's made yeah but again it's a great album <laughs> it's also my favorite album cover of yours i have to say it's just really cool looking hope if you ever do it on vinyl i hope you can um uh, pull that i like it art up real real big well that artwork i think uh yeah. weren't there like and i i may have just this thought may have just jumped into my head recently, but like, weren't people like kind of upset, like in the Christian music industry, which probably was selling most of your stuff at that time, they were like pretty upset at the artwork in, uh, <laughs> on non-existent, um, with the skulls and, you know, it like dark looking for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. They, didn't, they didn't like that one. <laughs> we, 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 uh, <laughs> we went out to, uh, our first time out to uh, California, we made it all the way to uh, San Francisco and, and the stone. And we'd have people all along the way, these uh, church moms come up to us and explain this album cover. Why are there skulls? You know, and <laughs> remember uh, Trudy's uh, old saying was like, you know, I'm going to rip the, you know, off their face. Oh yeah. Who who was it? Was it was it you or was it? Yeah, we got hassled about that. You and you're like, yeah, yeah. There was a mom just going off on us, like, and we were being really nice. And finally, someone said, "It's just a skull, lady. I have one. You have one. We all have one." That's awesome. And then she, and then she, yeah, she just grabbed her son and left. She was so mad. That's oh great, goodness. but yeah, we just kind of had enough. Like, cause, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's like, what's the, what's the problem? I'm not sure if she would receive that as a, a, a the biological explanation would would uh you know be enough for her. But yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and that's what it, it. I know my mom and dad. Yeah, and we we would we would go on and on about how all your kind of music was Christian, and our parents just never. Could understand it. I remember my dad walking in the room and just hearing those things and 
shaking his head and walking away in disgust. <laughs> but but then when we started listening to things like Cannibal Corpse, <clears throat> I remember I left a cassette tape for Entombed, um, uh, Tomb of the Mutilated. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And, and my aunt, uh, Travis's mom, mm. and, uh, her tape deck, and she she found it when, Tra- when I wasn't there, and she pulled it out and she said, you know, Travis, I know you guys keep telling me that these bands are all Christian bands, but she starts, she starts naming some of the song titles, you know, like, you know, entrails ripped from a, you know, blah, blah, yeah. you know, and, and, like, and he, he's just like, it's, it's Stevens just walks away. And, <laughs> yeah. Deflection. <laughs> we blew it. <laughs> oh, wow. Breathing murder. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good one. Breathing murder. Title. But yeah, see, that's the thing. Lance and I didn't come from that background. So it was like we, you know, we're doing a positive thing. We're trying to um, you know, write these songs and and it was a positive uh endeavor and we're getting backlash for like, you know, for something that's actually if you dive into it, it's very positive and uplifting but you know no one gave us it was kind of a, a fight against both sides it's how i felt what would you feel lance yeah 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 like you said earlier like the, the church didn't want us and uh, the world didn't want us either so we just kind of had to keep pressing and just do what we love doing and, and uh it worked out hey, it's interesting this that you say that though dj about um coming from not being Christians and having secular music as an influence earlier and then wanting to kind of do something positive. So from your side of it, it's like you're doing all this aggressive music, but you're doing it in a moving into a positive energy. Whereas maybe we as Christian kids hearing Petra and all that hear that. And we kind of hear it the other way. Not that we think you're being dark, but that we, you know, are relieved to hear something more um, dark and edgy than what we're used to. And so the moms and dads are like, why are these people doing this dark stuff? You know, like they don't see it from the side where you're coming from, you know, from the secular influences on and then saying, well, we can do something with the gospel with this real intense music. So I never really even thought about it that way that, that you guys would be seeing it in your own minds as like, we're, we're, we're actually doing a real positive thing here. But I mean, we were, you know, I was blessed to have extreme music that I could feel comfortable as a Christian, because I mean, at the time when I was young, I was convicted about listening to certain things, you know, it didn't always last, but certainly in those earlier days of listening to metal, I, I was still a little concerned about, you know, making sure that I was listening to Christian music and, you know, doing the right thing. And also it was such a relief to have, <laughs> have extreme music and then have things like tooth and nail records come out when you're starting getting more of the punk stuff and to sort of have your own kind of ownership over some of those bands. Um, was a real a real blessing for us youth group kids, you know. <laughs> so, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if this uh, is a, a different. Oh, go ahead. No, yeah, it was yeah. like I said. It was a different time back then. Like yeah. we, you know, it was like you couldn't listen to, you know, when we came into this uh, scene or whatever, uh, you couldn't listen to any secular stuff, you know. Lance and I would like, okay, we're going to listen to like, you know, an album and 
but you know, we're, we're just going to listen to it just for influence. We're not going to listen to it to enjoy it or, you know, <laughs> you know, we're listening to say it for a little bit, but yeah, you we'll know, we can't listen to it all the time. You know, or anthrax, you know, whatever, you know, yeah. pray before we listen, you know, stuff like that, you know, would happen. And that's, that's our mentality at the time. But, you know, I don't know. I like, uh, like DJ was saying earlier, like, you know, we, we didn't grow up in uh, you know, Christian environment and, and all that. So like, we just, we still loved, you know, powerful, aggressive music when, when we became Christians, but we didn't, we didn't really think twice about like changing the, like the music we loved yeah. uh, to suit the church or, or to, like, I mean, we just kind of looked at it. I, I don't know. Like, you know, like your like some of my favorite movies, like 300 and gladiator and Braveheart, whatever. There's some pretty tough, violent dudes, but they're good guys. Right. You know I mean? So that's kind of, same concept. That's yeah. kind of how I I, I I looked at it like back then. I'm just like, okay, we uh we're gonna be the good guys this time around, but like we're uh we're definitely not pushovers, and we're gonna get in your face with this. So yeah, I don't know. That's just kind of how. No, that's super cool. I that's a, I've never it. heard it explained like that, but I kind of like that. Like that whole idea of like, yeah, like we're the good guys here, but we're also like super tough dudes. You know what I mean? Like, not that you guys are saying you guys are super tough dudes, but you know what I mean? Like, um, but yeah, no, that makes tons oh, of yeah, sense. We weren't that tough, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, dude. I always love like those, those are like, my, you know, my favorite movies, but those are the good guys, but yeah. Yeah. They, See, the plot was lost on me as a kid because, you know, what I wasn't understanding was, you know, it was okay to play real heavy and experimental music and and all that stuff and not lose yourself in in a lyrical or emotional sense. Um, And I think also it was important. I look back on that whole time of all the bands touring and the Cornerstone Festival and all that stuff. And I just think about like when, like I was in Tantrum of the Muse and we would tour around and we were so unchurched and had no. Oh, dude, you were you were in that band. Yeah, he, he was that band. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You know that land? Wait. Yes. What? Okay. Sorry. I know Sorry. we were notorious, like a notoriously like bad attitude, kind of um, bad reputation with people. But it was just kind of my, what I'm getting at. That's it's why not... we liked you. <laughs> That's. I'm relieved to hear that. <laughs> but um, we. But, you know, like, like looking back on it now, like, you know, being 20 some years removed from it, but like, you know, like we didn't get that, like, you didn't have to lose yourself in the aggression and the, you know, like we, we felt so, it felt so important for us to, to be more, I don't know, like, um, condemning of the church and things like that, sort of our anger for things, um, that I look back on now a little bit regretful and, so when I hear you guys talking the way you are, I'm like, yeah, I kind of wish we had caught on to that, that it was okay to, to be angry and aggressive without it being lyrically. Like you're, you're trying to um, come down on things that, that you really don't understand. Cause you're not even like, we weren't even plugged into church by that point. We were just traveling around doing music and just saying we, we were Christians and wanted to do positive, but we were really just picking up from listening to other bands and that we we're just sort of like, well, that's what you're supposed to do because you're a Christian kids. But there was nothing really, I mean, I mean, we were being genuine, I guess, but it was just, you know what I mean? It was, you, you, 
you kind of like regret some of the behavior of, of that, that early. And I, I miss sort of the zeal of some of the earlier Christian bands and the lyrics and sort of just having a genuine, uh, like they're still, they're still doing the gospel thing, you know, and not, they didn't like give up on it. A lot, I feel like a lot of bands of from that era just sort of gave up and it just sort of yeah. feel, feels, yeah, feels kind of empty to me, but yeah. Um, I, agree. I, I hate that. You know, I mean, yeah. we, we were true with our beliefs and I mean, um, you know, we went out there, I mean, uh, the first night that we were on, uh, tour with malevolent Bruce and I went down to the, um, to the basement and met the manager of the club and they were, uh, getting handed bags of, uh, Coke and a little bit of money as the payment for the night and kind oh, of stumbled wow. upon that and kind of looked at us like, Oh, Oh, you know, these Christian kids are, you know, see us getting Coke or Bruce and I were like, ah, we don't care. Just give us our money for the night and be on our way to the next show. Just cash, please. And that next yeah. show was the one that they were like, oh, was good. hey, you know, these these boys are, they're with us, you know. So, wow. Yeah. I mean, Man. it didn't, it didn't, you know. Well, and I guess that's kind of my. You, remember, you don't remember. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I don't even know what I would do if I saw that. Honestly, that's like we've in all of our experiences, I've never once seen gigs with coke getting pulled out and all that. So, and you guys were what, like eighteen, nineteen at the time? <laughs> so early twenties. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, probably like twenty twenty two. Yeah, and that's that's the same tour where uh, we're with uh, uh, crowbar guys and. Uh, oh wow! We went to Jefferson's apartment. Lance, remember whose apartment? Yeah. Whose apartment was it? Dude, we're like, saying it was the actually, ambassador hotel. Dude, the, there was uh, what's what's the name? Of the, the promoter in a uh, was in uh, Wisconsin, uh, Milwaukee, where we played, and uh, we uh, we stayed in a hotel, like an old hotel, and uh, you know, got some sleep. And was that was that it? It was. It was Dude, supposedly it was where wherever like I think it was like one of the rooms that, that Dahmer might have killed one of his, his uh, victims. Oh man! At, at some point, because I guess it was the was the promoter. Was it the oh, wow. next day? He was like, "Hey guys, how'd you sleep?" Yeah, he put us in a room on purpose. Oh no! We slept. We slept okay. You know, he's like nothing. I mean, you know, nothing. You just you slept good. <laughs> like, yeah, and then, I guess. I guess it was supposed to be haunted or something because yeah, yeah, man. I you know I don't know if that was true, but I think it was. But it's still a cool story, whether it's not. That's insane. Yeah, especially when they tell you after. Yeah, we we're it was kind of creepy afterwards. We're like, oh, dude, yeah, I just feel weird now. Like, (laughs) I slept good. That's fine. No, yeah. no, the covers never yeah. like got yanked down halfway while you're sleeping, or no, dude, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be holding on to my cover all night now. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got a we've got a live acoustic performance by Lance right now. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember some of these non-existent songs. Oh yeah, like I don't, I don't remember them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I was trying to. 
or some of this stuff. That's awesome. And Jason would come out with all these 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 chords, like, and you'd have to like, put your fingers left. I I can't do it. He's a incredible Yeah, I saw him doing like yeah, dude, what was it? Uh, some stuff with Phil Keggy or something. I thought that was pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, he's really into token. Yeah, it always sounded super dark, all that melodic stuff. Like, it was always, like, creepy almost in a way. But it also, like, very hopeful, too. You know, like, that was... Um, it's exactly what DJ said earlier about how, like, yeah, it was dark music. It was heavy music, but it was also very, like, you kind of get a feeling of hope, you know, um, from listening to it. And I think that... I think that's one of the biggest things that defines Living Sacrifice as a band. Um not that you guys are known for being a melodic band, you know, necessarily. Um, but like just kind of that, that sort of uplifting, hopeful feeling. And I think that's even still true today. Like, I think even, even on, even on the latest releases, you still kind of get that. You still end up getting that same feeling, that same vibe. Um, I think that's really cool. And I, I don't even know if necessarily it was a intentional choice of being like, yeah, we're going to, we have to include this specific element in order for it to sound hopeful or whatever. Cause that's really intangible. But for whatever reason, every single record has that to a certain degree. Do you, I, I, I've noticed um, just some of the more recent footage. Well, maybe not very recent with COVID, but uh, pre COVID um, <clears throat> where, where DJ, where you've um, shown up and did some vocals live and stuff like that. And, I, I've always wanted to ask you, um, is that just I'm hanging out with the guys and I just felt like coming up or, or is, is there any plans to include you more in actual recordings in the future? There better be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good answer. He's like, actually, it's a yeah, hostile yeah. takeover. He's just going to come in and just take yeah, the mic. Dude. Yeah. Like I know Bruce is no. doing vocals and stuff, but I didn't know if he, if that was just sort of like a, you know, eh, we're, you know, so far into this game now, like, you know, why not just have fun and do this, you know, but yeah, dude, that's just something I'm wondering. We, yeah, we're definitely going to do something. It would be interesting. Yeah, we're definitely all these years. Now we, we've all been, no, I'm just saying we, we've, we've been in this forever and grown up together. And th- yeah, that's where we are. It's like, why not? Why not do this? Like, you know, just have fun with it. So. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I th- man, I talked to DJ probably your uh, drum sets down in four my shop times a right week. And I did, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's cool. Yeah, that you guys are all yeah, still friends sure. after so long. Just with you know having done so many albums since the departure when DJ left. So I didn't know if I mean it's cool to hear that even though you guys didn't uh, work together a lot with all those Living Sacrifice albums, that you were still good friends. Can't say that for oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we've never not had that connection and not being brothers and not uh i've i've never wanted uh anything else but success for the band when i wasn't in the band when i'm on stage with man i want them to hit hard and i mean we we've never like there's never been love lost between us you know band members you know where we've always been like together you know, his brothers. And um, that's the thing I, I, I see these other bands like, you know, bite back and forth to each other and kind of snip and, you know, uh, they won't say their names in certain interviews and 
Yeah. Shit like that. You know, it is, you know, yep, know all about that. Yep. I mean, Lance and I, was, we, uh, the day that that happens, you know, it, it, it's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, man. Like so we, we have, we have too much invested. Like I said, like first, second grade, you, you know, too many good times to, to throw that all away because, you know, I'm mad about some stupid yeah. thing. <laughs> totally. Um, so as far as as far as kind of going going forward, um, you know, you guys announced that you're, you know, putting out the self-titled. I know a lot of people have it pre-ordered. And then of course, you know, the whole like we had like the apocalypse, you know, basically uh the last uh the last year or so, um, which kind of poo-pooed that a little bit. Um I know the record is is supposed like it's still still coming, I know. Um I know that much. Uh, but you guys also had a documentary yes. that, that you were um, that you were about to put out too before kind of all that stuff went down. Is there still plans to release that or? Yeah, yeah. That, um, I'm not sure exactly what the plans are for the documentary. I mean, we're hoping we could still do something in the future. And uh, yeah, yeah, man. This this just came in and wiped us out. We finally everything was just falling into place. Like yeah. everybody was involved, like past members that we were going to do the show, like the blamed were, they were going to come play, you know, Jim from the crucified and Brian, like all those guys. And, and then, yeah, and then it just, yeah. We we're at Mark from you know, embodiment. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, dude, I mean, it was just, yeah. Um, yeah. We, we got our legs sweeped in more yeah. ways than one. That's for sure. But, uh, I, Hopefully we'll still get to do some of this stuff in the future. Maybe, maybe it'll be like this, you know, yeah. I know a lot of bands are doing that. So, and that's, that was one of the things that um, we were going to record something. Maybe I shouldn't say that. I don't even no, know. You know. Uh, you you've been given, you've been <laughs> we given permission. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we were going to do something and then, and guess what? You know, I got, uh, you know, test. I tested positive for COVID nineteen, so I had to. I mean, we just had to like throw that. Yeah, throw that <laughs> away. Know, yeah, down, that went down. Yeah, it was uh, as well, and uh, yeah, and then we we're like, oh, we're just gonna reschedule it. And then I broke. Then I broke my leg. Right. For when we were gonna reschedule it, and I was just like, like God, are you like trying to bam bam? Like, <laughs> like you know, I. I <laughs> But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't get that feeling that God's trying to hinder it because I don't, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I think things just happen. Yeah, it's a universal issue for sure. And you know, we we had the same kind of luck like that too, where it's you know we we had got you know we between the first we do this band on teachers now between the first on teachers album which was like five I don't even how many years not two thousand fourteen to now it was just us becoming dads and kind of getting settled with all that. And then we kind of got back to like swinging through some songs and got in the studio to record. And then that's when things started happening with COVID. And now, uh, are the guys recording us? He just got it. So it's like, and he got it actually kind of bad. Like we're, you know, I had, I had it and I had it like a, like cold symptoms. And I was like, you would, if you would have told me it's just a head cold, I would have believed you. I didn't think it was anything. But, um, but he, but my, uh, my friend Tony who's recording this, he, 
he he went down pretty hard for a little while. Not not respirator stuff, but but just sort of like really sick. And so now we're just like waiting and waiting, you know. And and every the one nice yeah. thing is it did help us. And I, and I was going to say this about about what, I was going to ask about you guys this with this, but uh, one nice thing about this this huge chunk where everybody had to stay home and you know we were able to actually focus on writing more and get more of that just just that like laundry list of like demos that were like half done sort of just focus and start to rehearse them together and and uh it's been kind of helpful in, in some way so i don't know is that something you guys ever started started to do with all this demos and writing <coughs> Well, we yes. we haven't written too much, um, but yeah, 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 it 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 is kind of bringing us together, you know. And with DJ and gonna do something, and uh, guys, are it just it really it, it did kind of <laughs> it hit it hit uh, it hit a little hard light for me because I can play drums at all. I mean, I've been playing guitar a little bit, writing some stuff here, here and there, and, um, but hopefully. I mean, we haven't been that productive, <laughs> mainly probably because of me. I just got put out of commission, like with my leg and with getting, you know, COVID, whatever. Uh, yeah. But we're hopefully going to pick back up on that. We have some stuff written already and recorded, like a few things, but but it's not it's not finished. So it's not real till hopefully. it's out. Yep. Yeah. I know that feeling. No. Yeah, I had I had two back surgeries yeah. too this past year. Uh, they were only about two, three months. Oh apart no, dude! Yeah, and um, actually, it was yeah, it was December and January is when I of last year. And um, the the week I was out for five months, and the week that I had to go back to work, I ran out of you know FMLA and all that stuff, and I was like, I I've got to go back to work. Was the same week our governor shut down everybody for COVID. And I actually, I have a, um, a, oh, a facilities no. manager, so I had to go to work. So I'm out like right when everyone thought we were all going to die. <laughs> and huh. I'm like five months. I was at home. I could have just sat here and done, avoided this. And yeah, it, it's, it's just been a, a, a horrible nightmare that just doesn't seem to end. But yeah. Wow. Yeah. I kind of missed like what was going on yeah, dude. pre pre back and pre COVID for sure. Me too, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah I'm that's, that's, I'm that's, that's more than I've been through for sure. Yeah. And if it's any encouragement to you, if it's any encouragement to you at all, you know, it'll heal and you'll get stronger again. Cause I mean, my back, I, I, there were days where I thought there's no way I'm ever going to do what I was doing before. I mean, I, I would lay there and be scared to death to just turn, you know, and like, I mean, there were, I mean, it was, I was so tight. The muscles were so tight. I thought there's never, ever going to be normalcy again. You just can't see it. You just feel like it's never going to happen. And then, you know, things heal and you slowly build it back up and, you know, I'm pretty much back to normal for the most part. I mean, I guess nothing ever heals hundred percent the same, but it, you I mean, know, I wouldn't like, say normal would be the, would be the word, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. But you know, yeah, you just, you just, you can, you can get strength again and, and get back to where you were. So, you know, you'll be blast beaten in no time. <laughs> you just do what the kids do. Just do it all yeah, on the computer. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I hope, I hope, hopefully anyway. Yes. We can do that. Yeah. Just, just, or I'll just get lay it on, lay it, lay it all down and just, just hit the space bar record. No cheating Lance. 
Yeah, <laughs> or I can just or I can just get Rocky to play because he can play all that stuff anyway. There you go. I got a I got a brag I got a brag of Rocky. That that dude can play anything. Dude, yeah, he's he really makes cool. me so mad. Like he won't play drums for like months and months, and uh, I like I just can't get something. And he'll just he'll just get behind the kit and just do it. I'm just like, really, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why he's everybody's no, he's go-to right. guy, man, for anything. Yeah, dude. I know, dude. I love it, dude. He, he is, uh, yeah, he's so talented. How, how many so albums have you on land? Oh, you probably can't count. There's too many. Yeah. How I'm not going to see. albums played on? I can think of at least 20 that I have sitting dude, on my shelf right no now. Idea. Yeah. Yeah. He was in, he was uh, the Evidence Essence stuff, right? My, he, was, he was in Evanescence for a while. Um, then there's all the soul embrace stuff and that's all just the stuff that he was like oh, in and not just like getting hired to do, you know, like if somebody needed somebody to come in and play something, they'd call them up and you know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. that's how you, I mean, that's how you do it. <laughs> that's awesome. I'm thinking about paying them to do my parts. There you go. <laughs> pay him a little, pay him a little bit more and then just so you can say that you did them. No, no, no. Say hi to Travis for me. I will. Absolutely. I will too. Always, send, always, uh, you all know who he is. And he's, he's my cousin. But he's, yeah, he's the story growth guy and so many others. That's such a weird, that whole, yeah, I, I kind of miss doing the podcast thing. Uh, but I get to like sneak on this show once in a while. So that's nice. Every now and again, I let him out of his cage and let him come out and, yeah, and say, yeah. say, a couple of th- say a couple of words and then back into the cage. Right you know? Yeah. So, but guys, thanks so much for taking the time out to talk tonight. Um, I miss you and your voice. Hey, thanks. You're you're, yours too. (laughs) Sounds like I might hear it though. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys, taking the time out this evening. I know everybody's everybody's busy. So, yeah, man, uh, this was super cool. And um, one of the things I throw out to everybody, you know, is that we do we do do that other show discography discussion where we like to invite people on to talk about bands that they like. So if you can imagine, we would, uh, we, we would sit down and pick a band and, and talk and talk about all their records. So if that sounds like something, either one of you guys wants to do, just hit me up or I'll hit you guys up and be like, I'll throw out five bands. What do you think? You know, Lance is thinking already. Yep. See the wheels turning. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been a real, uh, been a real good time getting to, to talk to you guys again after so long. Um, you know, with Lance, I mean, you, I highly doubt you would ever remember hanging out and the shows and stuff, but, but, it, you know, we did get some gigs with you in the, in the back of the day and it was kind of, you know, we haven't seen any of the old groups from that period. The whole, I keep referring to it as the cornerstone era, but you know, just all that hanging out at the festivals. Yeah. It's been such a long time and I miss a lot of it. So it's cool to, it was, man. It was a, that was a good time. It really was. Yeah. So it's cool to, it's cool to get the, these, these little, times they get to catch up so yeah dude yeah likewise absolutely well gentlemen thank you so much and we'll uh we'll stay in touch and i'll uh i'll let you know whenever this ends up posting i'll have to go in and and uh you know hack at it and do all the editing stuff and make us all sound amazing i'm just kidding i won't be doing any of that i gotta i'll I'll have joe do all that stuff yeah we're gonna, we're gonna cut DJ completely out of it, you know, and yeah, it'll be perfect. It'll be Ladies perfect. and gentlemen, make sure you pick up a copy of Non-Existent. That's <laughs> perfect time. <laughs> I have multiple copies, so hit me up. <laughs> awesome. Non-Existent. Hey, that's a good-looking T-shirt. 
It is. I was shocked to find yeah, it. Yeah, I, 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 one of those. Right. Do you have any Inhabit shirts laying around? <laughs> I do. The, I keep everything. Well, that was my conversation with DJ Sacrifice and Lance Sacrifice, both from Living Sacrifice. Steven Sorrow was cool enough to come by and co-host that chat with me. So much fun. Thank you so much to Steven for coming by and having that chat with me. Guys, this was this was a bucket list interview. I've been trying to get DJ on the podcast for somewhere close to three years now. And uh, not only did he come on the podcast, but he brought a friend. And uh, so I also brought a friend. So there's uh, there, there, there's lots of, of friendliness. And what I liked the most about this chat really was just that like we focused on old school living sacrifice, which I think is underreported on these days. So uh, in, in the spirit of that, I hope you guys really enjoyed it. We've got more awesome Discuss Metal stuff in the works for 2021, so stay tuned. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can follow us on Instagram at Discuss Metal. You can follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Discography Discussion. You can find us on YouTube. If you search for Discuss Metal Dan, when we will have a link to that channel in the show notes, make sure you're following us on YouTube to get access to live streamed events. You can watch some of the Discuss Metal interviews we do, episodes of Discography Discussion. It's all there. And speaking of all there, if you want to get some sweet Discography Discussion merch, you can go to our Teespring store. There'll be a link in the show notes that'll take you right there. Join us on Discord. There'll also be a link in the show notes that'll take you to our Discord server. This is one of the most fun years I've had so far doing the podcast, and I cannot wait for you you guys to see what else we have in store until next time keep it metal